What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome into Championship Weekend. This is the Ringer Gambling Show. It's, of course, Joe House, Warren Sharp with you. The biggest, best weekend that we've got left on the NFL calendar before the Super Bowl house. Two weeks reprieve prior to the Super Bowl. Tons of props. We're going to be doing other shows. We've got shows next week. We're going to be talking about props. We're talking about bets. More shows the following week leading you up to the Super Bowl. But we've got the four best teams in the NFL at this point, House battling one another out for the chance to go to that Super Bowl. That's it, man. No doubt about it. No disputing it. We got the four best. We we deserve it. After that, that the, the way the season went, we're still, I feel like just as a fan of the league and, and, and a gambler, I still am a little unsettled by the 17-week season. I'm still getting my head around that. We had great uh, performance on futures, but like, I just don't have a good feel for the the, the cadence of 17 weeks. I, I feel this year a whole step better than last year, but man, we we lucked out. We got the four best teams and we have mostly good health across the board with one noteworthy exception. Yeah, that noteworthy exception is the first game that we're going to discuss right now. Kansas City Chiefs against the Cincinnati Bengals house. And right now, as we were recording this, we, we actually need to tell everybody the exact precise time and date that we're recording this because this line has been all over the place. But right now it is Chiefs minus one or Chiefs minus one and a half. It's 8.30 p.m. on Thursday night. I know this line is really intriguing to you. Yeah, so this is, well, just let the, the good people, all the betting buddies out there. Uh, no, I requested that we do this game first because I am absolutely fascinated by this line movement starting Sunday late afternoon all the way up to the moment with the timestamp you just articulated. It looked like to me as an outsider, obviously the single biggest determining factor is different folks' perspectives on Patrick Mahomes' leg. How is his ankle doing? How severe was that injury? How quickly is his body rebounding? And it looked like to me, the way the line was behaving, that as different factions got information that they felt was actionable information, that they jumped in, that they pounded a, a, a number that they, they, they liked and, and you know were willing to sit tight and looks to me with all of that movement that we have 
what I would characterize as like rival factions. Like there's, this is capital G gambling going on right here. This is, these are syndicates out there with their own particular as, uh, 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 you know, avenues of information, the, the access that they have to, you know, whatever team doctors, second assistant, that's going to give some information about the size of the swelling and what's the, the nature of the shot that he got all those kinds of tidbits of information that aren't readily available to the gambling public. But this is, you know, me in, in my fantastical gambling mind, just kind of making stuff up because I'm watching it and enjoying it. Uh, I'm so happy to have you here to help explain, you know, in a more rational way, what's probably going on here. Yeah. So this line actually opened up with the Chiefs laying two points on Sunday at 6.01 p.m. And the line very quickly started to move. And by 6.02, okay, one minute later, it was down to a pick And it moved those two points largely because of the Patrick Mahomes injury and the uncertainty. And the general belief that if Patrick Mahomes was as bad as he looked in that second half where he could barely even complete a handoff, okay, how is he going to be anywhere close to 100% for this game? And as a result, there should be value here. Keep in mind a couple of things with the, with the way that this market um, existed previously. There was a game that was played up in Kansas City, to, played the Bengals in Cincinnati and the line was two and a half in favor of the Chiefs earlier this year. Cincinnati just played the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, and that line was five and a half to six in favor of the Bills. So now you're going to Kansas City, and even giving the Chiefs only minus two is is a significant downgrade, saying Patrick Mahomes' ankle is like very problematic, okay? But people out there still felt like it could be problematic in the worst way possible, and he might not even play. We're not sure. We know a lot of other people are probably going to chase our coattails and bet the Cincinnati Bengals as well. So let's take him at plus two, and this line will go to the Bengals being a favorite, and which it surely did. This line got down uh, to the Bengals being a two-and-a-half-point favorite as of Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, the 24th, the Cincinnati Bengals are now laying two and a half points. And at that point, it's starting to get a little ridiculous, right? Like, I know that there were some sharp guys that were hoping it could get pushed a little bit more to the three. But keep in mind, House, Wednesday is the first day of practice. One of two things, actually, I guess there could be a third, but one of two things probably was going to happen. Either Mahomes is a DNP on that Wednesday injury report and is not out there, and this line's going to go to three, or Mahomes practices in some capacity. And if he practices it in some capacity, there's no way that Chiefs money doesn't come in because it's only Wednesday. You got to feel like by Thursday, Friday, and then, of course, by the game, he'll be fine. So there are some people who bet the Bengals at plus two who now also took a little bit of the Chiefs at plus two and a half, but a big betting group did come in. They also publicly stated this after they bet it. They gave it out and said, this this line is, we're taking the Chiefs plus two and a half. And so not only did their money move the market, but like several hundred other people were all starting to bet that as well and helped push the market back down to the Chiefs are only catching a point. And then, of course, it moved today, I think, last night into this morning to pick them. And then now the Chiefs minus one. So that's kind of the way it went. It wasn't necessarily, well, these guys really love the Bengals. And then those guys really love the, the Chiefs. And then they're waiting and they're just battling back and forth. It truly was all about forecasting the injury. And the guys who bet the Chiefs on Tuesday at two and a half, 100% have very good connections and 100% knew that Holmes was going to practice on Wednesday. And if they waited until Wednesday to try to bet the Chiefs plus two and a half, they weren't going to get two and a half because as soon as he was out there walking off the uh, podium, looking pretty spry and going out to the practice field and practicing in full, there was no longer going to be a chance for two and a half to be there. So they got in a when, on, a, on Tuesday with good intel, took the two and a half and Right now, you are in like a teaser's paradise. Like it really is a teaser's paradise. If you if you wanted to tease the 
Bengals early in the week at the very beginning, you could have. If you wanted, if you missed it and like shit, well, guess what? Now you could probably tease them again. And for a couple of days there, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you were able to tease the Kansas City Chiefs. So you could tease these both these things Wong style through the three and the seven. Yeah, I missed the Chiefs tease. I missed the Tuesday up to up to two and a half. I got Did you the want the Chiefs tease? Sunday Let me night. ask you that. Well, yes, because the only way that I'm comfortable playing this game at all is is in that sort of uh, numbers context. Like, this is the thing that is beyond me. What you just described in terms of the the phenomena with that large group grabbing the Chiefs at that um, plus two and a half number because they anticipated that Mahomes would show up. That, to me, feels like, like, again, this is all square guy stuff because I'm a square guy. Just chasing a number. What does that have to do with with the likelihood that the Chiefs are going to be successful against the Bengals in, in this game? The well, it comes that- right. It, it, what 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 they're betting is what should the right line be? Which is what I sort of started this as. What should the right line be? If Mahomes isn't playing, this line is Bengals minus more than three. Right, like right. The, the Bengals minus two and a half is not correct if Mahomes isn't playing. If Mahomes is playing and can barely move, and, and is out there at like sixty percent capacity, then then maybe Bengals minus two and a half is the correct number. But if Mahomes looked like he looked on a Wednesday, and we can only assume he's going to look better Thursday and going to look better Friday, and then by Sunday he's going to look very good, then. M- Two and a half for the Bengals to be favored in Kansas City is crazy. So they're not betting per se that the Chiefs are definitely going to win this game, although that's what their money is hoping for. They're they're simply taking a number that's wrong and saying the number should be X. There's value in it being Y, which it is now. So I'm going to bet a position on the fact that this number is Y. Okay, so that piece of it, I understand, and I don't. That's a speculative market, right? Because what what you're describing is I watched with my eyes, and I have information about Mahomes' ankle on a Wednesday. I don't think that the you know the the logical conclusion is that he shows up at ninety five percent capacity on Sunday. I think it remains as uncertain as we sit here today. I don't. I mean, I'm not doing. Uh, uh, you know, medical doctor ankle analysis, but from the nature of the injury, the way it was described, and even with, you know, him, Patrick Mahomes himself saying it wasn't as bad as I anticipated, the first time somebody steps on his foot on Sunday, I mean, that that's the piece of it that that I'm just not willing to invest heavily and, and you know, the part that that's beyond me in terms of the number gyration. Now, I, I, what you described is a very sound and logical approach to what should the number be under different kinds of scenarios. I just don't, I, I don't like the uncertainty of the scenarios that are beyond those. That, that's all what I'm really trying to get at. Well, all I, all I can tell you is there is a way to bet this game that I'll share towards the end of this conversation. But if we want to just dissect the X's and O's of this game. And 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 then we'll get into kind of like how you could bet this game. Um, I think obviously the ankle is one of the biggest factors here. I think there are other big factors as well. Um, and if we want to start when the Cincinnati Bengals have the ball, you know, the one of the biggest things to me here is that Kansas City's got to get pressure on these guys because the Chiefs rank number one in EPA per pass attempt allowed defensively when they get pressure. But if they don't get pressure, they are dead last in EPA per attempt. So they go from first to worst if they don't <laughs> get pressure on you. That's, that's, you can't get any worse big. than that. You can't get any bigger big than that. Bud. You can't get any bigger than that. And what no. did we talk last week about the, the Bills? Exactly. We, we said the Bills were fourth with Vaughn. They were 24th without Vaughn. They weren't going to have Vaughn. They're trending in the wrong direction. They not, may not be able to get pressure. And lo and behold, Joe Burrow carved him up. Now, there's another reason why Joe Burrow carved him up, which I'll get into in a second. But the good news for the Kansas City Chiefs defense is that unlike the Bills, who were trending towards 24th, the Chiefs have always been top 10 this year in pressure rate. They've, in fact, since week 12, been sixth best in pressure rate 
and they only blitz at the 10th lowest rate. So they've been able to get pressure. Granted, they haven't played the Cincinnati Bengals uh, like, like defense down the stretch here, or sorry, Bengals offense, but they've been getting pressure despite a low blitz rate. Now, what do I think that they need to do defensively? They need to change up how much too high they're playing. If you watch that last game against the Buffalo Bills, Leslie Frazier sat back in zone the first two drives and let Burrow throw the ball underneath at will. They were playing cover two zone on like seven of the eight pass attempts and Burrow absolutely carved him up on those two drives. He completed, I think, eight of nine. Oh, sorry. He was eight of eight on those pass attempts and just totally carved him up. They scored two touchdowns, were up 14, uh, put 14 points on the scoreboard. I think it was 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. So Frazier comes back and changes things up after that. Plays a little bit of cover zero, plays a little bit of cover one, some cover three, blends some things in the next several drives and slows down Burrow in this passing attack. The key, the key stat from this is, the takeaway, is that we entered this season with the Bengals having lost the Super Bowl, coming out and saying, we've got to figure out how to play better against too high because we're going to see a lot of it. If you remember that narrative in the off season and they came out at the beginning of this year and they fucking sucked against too high. They were terrible. <laughs> they could do anything. Minus 0.25 EPA per attempt, 39% success. I mean, we're talking like bottom 10 in the NFL. That was the first five weeks. They then figured it out. They made adjustments offensively. They changed the way that they were deploying the personnel, more shotgun, no play action, a variety of other changes. And week six onward, they're the number two best team in the NFL against too high shell. And they're averaging 54% success plus, plus 0.24 EPA. So they've come out and done a good job against too high. They, they, we got to get a better um, defense by Spags to try to slow them down. You can't just sit back there and play too high. You're not going to have a lot of success against them. So that's what the Chiefs defense needs to do. They need to get pressure. They need to not play as much too high. Um, but the key is... To, to me for this game and and the way that you could bet this game is based upon what I'm going to share here is that the Chiefs are outstanding even against these Bengals despite going 0-3 for the majority of the game. I mean, they've led these games. They played them three times, led by 18, 14, and 7. Never trailed entering the fourth quarter. Mahomes in the first half of these games, plus 0.44 EPA per attempt. In the second half, minus 0.39. First half, 64% success. Second half, 35%. First half, 8.8 .8 yards per attempt. Second half, 5.8. First half, 75% completion. Second half, 57%. First half, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Second half, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. The bottom line is they have been owned in the second half of this game. Thanks to Lou Anarumo constantly changing things to play drop eight. Then he'll come up and blitz. He'll play man. Then he'll play soft zone. He does so many different things with the defense to try to confuse Patrick Mahomes. And one of his goals is to get Patrick Mahomes to hold on to the football because when Mahomes throws the ball in 2.75 seconds or less on average, he is 33 and one in his career uh, since 2020. But when he holds onto the football for at least 2.75 seconds, he's 12 and 10, including two and five, if it's three seconds or longer. And that's been two of those three games against this defense. So this is gonna come down to, to me, one of the reasons that I like the Kansas City Chiefs in the first half is because you don't have to deal with the adjustments that Anarumo makes. You don't have to deal with the fact that this offense tends to bog down later on in games. You do get all the benefits of the fact that they start out quickly. And then you've got this asymmetric risk with regards to Patrick Mahomes' ankle. When that coin toss happens, Mahomes is at 100%. You do not know where Mahomes is going to be when that second half starts, right? When the opening game kickoff happens, he's at as close to 100% as he's going to get. I'm not saying he's 100 out of 100 on a normal Mahomes. It's I'm saying literally my point. Exactly yep. right. That's okay, literally so, the so point. Okay, so do you like the first half trying. bet? I love the first half bet. I, I okay. mean, the 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 best version of the Chiefs will be the version from the coin toss until the first time that somebody steps on Patrick Mahomes' foot or whatever other dumb thing might befall him. He could step on it wrong. He could he yeah, could get tackled. He could just run and hurt it. Like yes. you never know. All of it, and you know our our beloved homie Ben Solak has a fifteen minute. Uh, YouTube up, you know, he's got a new version of his play sheet where he breaks things down. 
and it's an unbelievable uh, breakdown of that drop eight and and the 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 what what, what did uh, Eli Apple call um, <laughs> Anaromo the 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 magical? The oh, I wizard. didn't hear that quote. Yeah, he, it's, it's, he's a, he's a he's a magician. That's for sure. A, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, so so go hunt that down if you're trying to come up with some conviction for. The, the way that the Chiefs, uh, um, you know, are are confronted by Anaromo and, and and that defense, to me, and I'm wondering your thoughts on this, for the Bengals to be successful, it's a repeat of last week in terms of Burrow getting rid of the ball, like you know the 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 quick pass attack from last week was was outstanding, um, and they also established the run. You know, we had probably Joe Mixon's best game all season long in terms of rushing the ball. And this was with an offensive line that was allegedly, you know, dinged up and down three starters. And oh my God, look at all of the vulnerabilities and frailties of this offensive line. They own the line of scrimmage uh, on the rush and they own the line of scrimmage when they were in pass protection as well. And the, the, the playbook that we've seen in these three games that the Bengals have beat the chiefs, they want to control the ball. They want to like, you know, uh, uh, own time of possession and they've been successful in that um in in all of their games they want to establish the run they they run at least 30 times a game you know in 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 these game in in each of these matchups and then they have you know the second half especially this the the defensive um wizardry of Anaromo uh and the the point you made about making Mahomes hold the ball now that is bad for a dude on a bad ankle, right? And well, they, they exactly. have it. They have it. Yeah, they have they have it. And here's the thing. You you made an astute uh point there that when the Chiefs are on offense, last game they only had eight drives. That was a, that's the season low for them. They had the season low number of offensive drives, eight. In week 17 of last year, when they played them the first time, they only had nine offensive drives. There were only two other weeks that saw fewer drives than that for the Chiefs. So there aren't as many possessions as a regular game when these two guys get together and the Chiefs do, sorry, the, 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 uh, Bengals do try to slow things down and, 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 and just drag the game out a little bit and shorten it, so to speak. Um, but the one thing is that I'm curious to know if Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster came out and said, this game plan is fire. You should see what Andy Reid's got. It's fire this week, okay? So I don't know what fire means to Juju, but if fire means get rid of the ball from Mahomes' hands quickly, that actually would attack what Anarumo doesn't want you to do. Anarumo's trying to confuse the shit out of you so you hold on to the football. But if Mahomes is... See, Mahomes, by nature, he's wired, I believe, to... He can do the all levels of throws. He wants a few easy throws, but he wants some throws that are going to make people say, wow. He wants to try to push the ball a little bit. He wants to have some, some chunk plays. He wants to be successful. But if you rewired Mahomes just for this game and said, get rid of the ball quickly, underneath is fine. It's as good as a run. All we care about is making sure that we're in a third and short situation. We'd love to skip third down. That's what we've been doing all year. Let's try to do that. But we don't need chunk plays. We don't need you holding the ball in the pocket. Let's get rid of it short. That'll negate the pass rush. The, cheat, the Bengals don't blitz very much anyways. So we'll keep you upright. We know we don't have a good chance of winning this game if you're not there for all four quarters. So we don't need, you know... 60 yard big plays outside of the pocket in the first quarter. What we need is you being healthy in the fourth quarter. So let's make sure you don't get hit and throw the ball underneath. And Anna Rumo is sitting here trying to devise stuff that's going to get Mahomes to hold on to the ball because Mahomes is trying to force it and he's covering up things in the secondary. But if Mahomes is throwing the ball underneath really quickly, I'm sure Anarumo is going to make his adjustments to then ultimately take that away. And Andy Reid and the Chiefs are going to have to do something else. But man, that could be something very different if they are just comfortable saying, let's just take the short, easy stuff and get rid of the ball from Patrick Mahomes really quickly. It's super rich. Like, think of that matchup. The Andy Reid with with his chessboard and Lou with his chessboard. It's it's great. I mean, we're, we're, we're lucky to have this as, as a fourth time inside of, of two years. Uh, I will tell you, I'm playing the Cincinnati money line. Um, I already, I did get the teaser um, with them, you know, on the, as an underdog. So I feel good about that. Obviously the teaser leg is with San Francisco. So, which is um, the only other realistic one that you could right. go with. Yep. That's right. Um, 
And I don't know. I guess I'm I'm rooting. F- I, I I missed out on on the Chiefs uh, as a teaser leg. Um, and I don't. I, is so this you wanted the double tease. You wanted the double tease. I would have yeah. done it okay. just like, like a, in a smaller increment. But I my conviction is is the Bengals. I just think they they're not beating themselves. The streak that they are they're on of winning and covering. There's a reason that they have the far superior. Um, performance against the spread. Um, it's, it's because they, they're they don't um, they're the second most penalized team in the NFL, least penalized, uh, second least penalized team in the NFL. They don't commit um, game losing turnovers. I mean, the Travis Kelsey fumble in Week 13 was the difference in that game. The 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 Bengals scored 10 points in the fourth quarter and won the game because of of Kelsey's fumble. Um, the Bengals thus far have avoided those kind of catastrophic turnovers and instead have forced them. It's how they beat the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm, I'm just going to, you know, go on ahead here. I'm, I'm not willing to invest in the chiefs with, with this Mahomes ankle situation. I just don't believe that it's Wednesday, Thursday. And what I saw in terms of how that ankle moved. Oh, he's, he's fine. He'll be good. He'll, you know, we're going to shoot him up and he'll be running around. It'll be the Patrick Mahomes who even, you know, with extended time will be able to make uh, a magical place. I'm just not willing to invest in it. So last thing I'll say on this game is that if it was that Patrick Mahomes, the one you're referring to, as you concluded, then, then this line would be Kansas city minus five. Uh, mm-hmm. You certainly wouldn't have the opportunity to take Kansas City as a dog or or, or at pick them at this cheap price that is still currently is a really good price. You missed out on being able to tease the Chiefs, but it's still a very short price to lay for the Chiefs. I am still of the belief that if Patrick Mahomes, as close to 100% as he is in the first quarter and the first half of this game, can't cover the spread then I don't know that he's coming back in l- at less than whatever that percentage is, right? At like 60% or 50% or 40% as the game goes on. He's, I don't see him coming back to cover the spread late, especially when the spread, covering the spread doesn't mean, oh, he can lose by four points. It, it means he would have to basically win the game. And so I, I just think I understand those guys, the Sharp Syndicate groups came and bought the two and a half and, and, and two on the on the Kansas City Chiefs I don't see how that and I could be totally wrong is is a substantially better bet than betting the Chiefs in the first half I think the Chiefs in the first half optimizes and lowers your risk and optimizes the good part of Mahomes that you're getting and the history that KC has had in the first half of these games to begin with and the lack of adjustments that Anna Rumo gets to make on you um and and I really even if Mahomes was healthy would be advocating to bet the Bengals in the second half of this game. The bet for the Chiefs would be in the first half. So the fact that you could get the Chiefs like a couple of days ago as a dog and it still pick them at some spots in the first half to me is is the way to look there. Far more preferable if they, they, <laughs> the three previous games, they've lost by a field goal. So if they lose by a field goal, you lose on two and two and a half. Yes, Congratulations. Exactly. Friends, the NFL Conference Championships are this Sunday. Yes. And you can enjoy more thrills than a two-minute drill on FanDuel. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. They're giving all customers, all customers, a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means you will get bonus bets back if your conference championship same-game parlay doesn't hit money back bonus bets back bet on everything from the money line two point spreads to which player will score a touchdown or if you can't decide just ride with thousands of other fans and bet the popular same game parlays already made for you they're on the site if you like the eagles this weekend go ahead and get yourself down on the money line and then why don't you pair that up with a Kittle over 46 and a half, a little bit of a security blanket play for yourself. You think that Purdy is going to try and protect himself by dumping it to his favorite tight end. And then look, if you believe in the Eagles, that means AJ Brown is going to have a good game. Grab his over prop as well. 
That's the same game parlay. Three-legger right there for you. If you're new to FanDuel, sign up with promo code GAMBLERS, G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S, to see for yourself why it's America's number one sports book. And if you already have FanDuel, you can start building your own no-sweat same-game parlay today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older in select states. Three or more legs, a minimum of $1 bet required. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. In Arizona, you call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342. 1-888-789-7777 is the number to call if you're in Connecticut. You can also visit ccpg.org slash chat. Again, that's in Connecticut. Indiana is 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Or you can visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. We also have another two and a half point spread in the other game, the NFC game, because we've got Philadelphia Eagles. And this is this line really is the much more stable line, right? This line has moved a little bit. It's the right line. It's a great line. It's a great line. And one thing that I will say is this. You tease the 49ers, and I've talked to some of the guys that, that, that I work with on the betting side of things. And a lot of them, you know, as, as we talk to people, well, if the, if the 49ers get up to three, that's going to be a sizable position. We're going to bet the 49ers. And if the Eagles drop back down to, to one, th- then we'd be playing the Eagles again or, or, or two. So like two and a half is a perfect number. And all I can say is this. If two and a half is the perfect number, if that number is truly right, then this is maybe one of the best teaser legs that you could get because the best teaser leg, that's why I say one of those, the best teaser leg is when the line is definitely wrong. Let's pretend this line should be Philly minus, sorry, let's pretend this line should be San Francisco minus three, right? I'm I'm just saying, let's pretend that's what this line should be. And you could get them teased through the three and the seven to a number higher, then that's even an even better bet. When the line is wrong and you can add exposure to that game by teasing through the three and the seven, that is the best bet. But aside from that, if there was a game that is perfectly lined and the number is correct, and that line is two and a half, then this is a great teaser. Like This is like truly a great teaser. Like Doesn't mean it's going to win, but if two and a half is dead nuts the right number for this game, then getting them up to eight and a half is, is, is a great teaser. Like, again, doesn't mean it's going to win. Uh, but it's game house. Where are you thinking about when you first uh, started breaking down this game from a, from a betting perspective? Eagles laying two and a half at home versus the 49ers with Brock Purdy. And, you know, did, did you bet anything yet in this game? Of course. Of course I did. I'm, I'm all over the Eagles. It's a Captain Obvious analysis. Like we went from the gambling wars in the, in the, in the Chiefs Bengals to what I feel like sets up as a ca- Captain Obvious pick. And I can't even talk myself into like, I, you know, I often want to think, oh, can I be contrarian? What's the contrarian angle here? 
I'm not playing Brock Purdy to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm just not doing that. He's only played one true road game. That was in Seattle. The, the road game in Las Vegas, that was packed with San Francisco people, right? I mean, you know, I, and, and that was a, a, a full-on shootout. So the home field advantage for Philadelphia, a genuine home field advantage, Brock Purdy on the road in a conference championship game, and the pass rush of the Eagles. And I know that you will have a lot of information about Brock Purdy when he is under duress and in uh, pass rush distress. I think that is going to be a significant element of the, the, the Eagles' approach here. I also think that we got a version of, it was the very best possible scenario for Jalen Hurts to go up against the Giants. They just didn't put any pressure at all on the Eagles. The Eagles were able to run the ball uh, as much as they wanted. Hertz didn't have to exert himself with either throwing the ball or running the ball, and and he was in a comfort zone, it seemed to me. He didn't have to extend himself in either of those capacities. So we basically got a whole nother extra week of recovery, and we know how fast and, and tenacious the San Francisco defense is. I think that Jalen Hurts running the football is going to be a crucial element for, for the Eagles to be successful to keep that San Francisco defense from setting up and teeing off. Um, and 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 I think he is going to rush the football. So I, I like the the position that the Eagles are in. They've showed uh, on both sides of the ball there's a reason that they only lost one game when Hurts was the, the, the proper starting quarterback the best team uh, across the board consistently all season long. Perfect number laying the two and a half. I'm going to play them uh, the two and a half. I'm going to play the money line. And I love having San Francisco on that teaser leg. Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting way to attack it. Um, I can't say that you're wrong. The biggest thing that that jumps out to me in this game, I've heard, you know, I, I'm, I'm working a lot during the week with my ears plugged and my head down and I'm not tweeting. I'm not on Twitter. I'm just focused on what I'm doing because I got reports that are due and, and things of that nature. But one of the things when I come up for a fresh breath and I, I, I turn on the TV or I glance over at Twitter, like, I'm hearing people talk about this, this big, this big matchup, this marquee matchup between the, the, the big bad run defense of the 49ers and how they're the best in the league. And they're going up against the, the Eagles and this run attack from the Eagles. And how's it going to end, right? Like Truman Chopin, how's it going to end? But I don't know that people realize that's not what this matchup is all about at all. Like, mm. what are you talking about? The Eagles are the fifth most pass-heavy offense in the first half of games. They, op they operate at the fastest pace of any offense in the first half. I mean, this team is not going to be sitting there plowing their nose into the ground, just like burrowing towards you with the ground game against a good run defense. Like, I don't understand why people think that that's what this is. Is it, is it because Hertz is a running quarterback that you think the Eagles are this run heavy team? Um, are you thinking about last year? Like, uh, what are you thinking about? Because that's not who they are. Now, I could tell you that the 49ers have played the third easiest schedule of run offenses this year, while the Eagles offense, yes, they do rank number one in rushing efficiency. They've played a league average schedule. So the Niners are the ones defensively who have played the easier schedule. They've played just three games versus top 10 run offenses this year. They lost to the Atlanta Falcons. They beat the Raiders in that high scoring game you referred to where the Raiders put up 34. And then they beat the Cowboys only after Dallas's starting running back suffered a broken leg in the second quarter. But that's not what this game's going to come down to for me, at least how it's going to start. This game's going to come down to, can the 49ers pass defense deal with the Eagles pass offense? That's what this is all about to me. And I look at the 49ers and they've played one of the easier schedules in the NFL of opposing passing offenses. That's what I would be concerned with. The 49ers have played the fifth easiest schedule of pass offenses. And when they've played a top 10 pass offense, which they've done four times, look at how they've ranked in those games compared to all other 31 teams' defenses when those defenses play top 10 pass offenses. The Niners ranked number 30 in EPA per attempt, number 31 in first down rate, number 28 in yards per attempt, and number 25 in success rate. You're naturally going to look worse when you play a top 10 offense 
especially top 10 pass offense, your, your numbers are going to look worse, but they rank as one of the worst teams in the league against these top 10 offenses. So yeah, it's going to make, it's going to give Philly problems in general. They, they, they're a very good defense. They fly around. There are some other ways house that I think this Eagles offense is going to have some success picking apart, like the, like picking at the scabs that the Niners have, like they're a very good defense. They're excellent defense. One of the best that we have in the NFL, but they're not perfect. Right. And there are some scabs that you could pick at, and there are some imperfections here. Um, and so, you know, I just think they're going to be doing so passing the football, but let me just go through really quickly. A few of these imperfections. The first one is against play action. The 49ers are number two versus no play action, but number 19 versus play action against the pass. And they have massive splits. And if you look at Dak Prescott last week, he was outstanding, averaging 12.1 yards per attempt and 71% success when he threw with play action, when he didn't, 3.8 yards per attempt and 28% success. The splits weren't even close. And the 49ers down the stretch, since week 16 onward, against play action, on early downs, allowed plus 0.35 EPA per attempt, 58% success, 81% completions, 13.6 yards per attempt. And then you consider who they played. So those numbers are obviously insane, insane in a bad way. They played yeah. the Commanders, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. Only two of those five opponents ranked above average in EPA per attempt with play action. These weren't even like good play action teams. And they were getting gutted when teams use play action against them. So I think the Eagles need to up their rate of play action substantially here. Um, I think the Eagles need to pass the football even more. I think they are going to come out and pass the football. I think that they should pass it a lot and not run into the teeth of the 49ers defense. I think they need to lean more into deeper passes. We've shared these stats before, how the 49ers rank Number one against passes thrown less than 15 yards, but number 31 against passes thrown 15 plus yards. Um, and then, you know, the last thing that's very wild to me, House, talked about the 49ers defense versus play action. What play action is doing is kind of getting you out of position. It's like moving the defense a little bit and they don't react really well to that. They're really terrible when they deal with that. They also are surprisingly terrible when they attempt to blitz on early downs. When the 49ers try to blitz on early downs, not only are they not even getting pressure at an above average rate, like they're not even getting pressure at the rate that they get naturally when they don't blitz, but because they're sending extra rushers, their defense breaks. I mean, they rank, if they don't blitz you, think about it like this. They're sitting back and they don't blitz you. They're the number one pass defense in the NFL and EPA per attempt and number one in yards per attempt. But if they send a blitz, they rank 28th in EPA and 29th in yards per attempt. So they, they're hurting themselves by trying to get pressure on the quarterback, and it doesn't even help actually generate that much more pressure. Um, the, 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 so those are all things that I think the Eagles can take advantage of. The Eagles can take advantage of the fact that you know that the Niners, if they're sending pressure, they're trying to blitz you. You should be throwing the ball and you might be able to have some success there. You got to try to take advantage of it. Get it out of Jalen Hurts' hands. Do not retreat under pressure. Try to just dump it off to a hot route because they are very susceptible to that. My biggest concern, though, for the Eagles is the 49ers and how much zone defense they play. They play zone at one of the highest rates in the NFL, and Jalen Hurts has been terrible against zone defense. Specifically, he takes way more sacks, over double the rate of sacks, and he's significantly worse on third down. He converts 54% of third downs against man, only 40% against zone, and he has not played very many zone defenses. I go down the list, I could read them off here, but the bottom line is that in the Eagles' last 12 games, only two of 12 have come versus teams that rank above average in zone usage rate. Five of the last six games he's played have come versus bottom se seven teams in zone usage rate. They just don't play a lot of man coverage. Most, sorry, they play a lot of man coverage. They don't play a lot of zone. Most of the teams he's played, like number 32 Giants and 29 Saints and 26 Bears and uh, all of these teams, they, they play a lot more man, not much zone. The two teams in that last 12 games that he's played that rank above average in zone usage rate, this is what scares me the most about backing the Eagles. The Packers who use it at the seventh highest rate and the Colts who use it at the 15th highest rate. 
You could look at the Packers. Oh, they won 40 to 33. Hertz must have done awesome. Hertz went 16 of 28 for 153 yards on 18 dropbacks versus zone. He had minus 0.38 EPA per attempt, 6.3 yards per attempt, and only completed nine of 16 attempts, was sacked twice. Yes, mm. the Eagles beat the Colts, but they did so barely in a come from behind manner. Right. Against the Colts, Hertz went 18 of 25 for 190 yards on 12 dropbacks versus zone. Negative 0.24 EPA per attempt, 6.4 yards per attempt, did not convert a single third down. So that's my biggest concern. They have not played a lot of teams that use zone. They have not been very good against zone. If you look at the last eight games that Jalen Hurts has played and just look at the zone attempts that he's had, because every team doesn't play like, even if they were man heavy, they're not playing 100% man, right? They still play some zone. If you just look at the Week 10, how much zone, when they played zone, what was his EPA per attempt? Negative 0.39. Week 11, negative 0.24, and so on and so forth. There was only one game that he even recorded positive EPA per attempt since week 10 when the defense chose to play zone. And that was against Tennessee when their secondary was in shambles and it was A.J. Right. Brown's revenge game. So yeah. I do have massive concerns about Jalen Hurts versus zone, but I also have concerns about this 49ers defense not having dealt with a pass attack like this Eagles one. Yeah, I love it. So that's that's the aspect of it that makes this uh, so rich. And we we are lucky enough. I'm going to knock on wood. Everybody's healthy. There is some uh, reports around McCaffrey's calf and uh, Elijah Mitchell uh, also potentially dinged a tiny bit. But we're, both those guys are definitely going to going to go. There's no indication that either one of them would would sit out. Um, I, I'm interested in your reaction. I went ahead already and played um, Jalen Hurts. You know, you, you can get into some of these exotic markets, which quarterback will throw for the most passing yards. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the, the other three guys are very close to each other and Hurts was like 10 to 1 odds. On this. I just saw, I'm going to, there there is a, a, a to me, a, a, a reasonable basis for Something like that. But let's talk about on the offensive side of the ball. How can San Francisco protect Purdy? Because yeah. Dallas was bringing it. I mean, really, that game flipped uh, on 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 Tony Pollard's busted leg. I mean, they, 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 on an EPA basis, the efficiency that Dallas was experiencing um, and, and Dak's consistency uh, all the way up until the point of that injury Dallas was, you know, every bit the match of, of San Francisco, and, and the Dallas defense was not the reason that they lost that football game. Um, you know, they they Dallas did the things that you can't do. We have a very good blueprint. We watched this and we talked about it in that Seattle context, right? Seattle threw the ball deep against the San Francisco defense in the first half, uh, and and Seattle pitched a perfect first half game. Um, had the lead going into halftime. That's the blueprint. Don't beat yourself. No penalties and no turnovers. And go ahead and push the ball down the field uh, a little bit. Um, now, Seattle posed no threat whatsoever to Brock Purdy. And, you know, he could run willy-nilly and, and you know, extend plays with his legs. But I don't see that coming to pass with this Eagles pass rush. No. And that's the biggest concern that you have for Brock Purdy. The The number one thing that the... Niners have to focus on, which I, unfortunately, I'm scared that they're not house. They're not going to take this as seriously as I believe that they need to. But this crazy, crazy nugget that I dug up here with regard to, okay, Brock Purdy has thrown 243. He's had 243 dropbacks. How many of those 243 house do you think have come in the second half when he's been trailing, when he's down in the second half? None, none. Are, are there 20, any? 23, only 23, okay. okay? You know what he is on those? He's six, He's 14 of 23, 61% completions, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He he ranks his 9% of total dropbacks to come in the second half when losing is third lowest of 47 quarterbacks in the NFL this year. He just doesn't have much experience, but he's proven nothing that he's good in those situations, right? Like now he's got to do it on the road. I don't think it's going to go over too well. I am very worried. Unlike having a lot of confidence that the Bengals can come back if they if they do get down against the Chiefs, 
I have very little confidence that the Niners are coming back from a 10-point deficit against the the Eagles at halftime. And yeah. as a result, they need to prioritize getting out quickly and fast and, and making life easy for Purdy. And this Eagles pass rush is no joke, but the way that you have to play this game, and this is why I'm a little concerned, is because you don't want to use play action. You, you don't want to use play action against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. They do not bite. They're number one against play action. They allow minus 0.23 EPA per attempt. They're built this way. They, they don't bite on play action. So why would you want to do what the Niners do, which is to use the eighth highest rate of play action? You don't. What you want to do instead is if you're passing the football, I think the ideal way against this Eagles team is to pass it from shotgun without using play action. And guess what? Brock Purdy is brilliant when doing that. So far this year, he ranks first in passer rating, second in EPA per attempt and yard per attempt, and fourth in success rate when passing the ball from shotgun without play action. You never turn your back on the defense. You can see everything. You don't have to take as deep of a drop. You're, you're, you're getting rid of the ball quickly. And where do the Eagles struggle? The Eagles defense is good at the perimeter, but they're also good on passes thrown 10 plus yards down the field. Where they struggle is passes thrown underneath. And Brock Purdy, he averages only 7.9 yards of air, uh, air yards on these shotgun, no play action passes, which is perfect. You want to throw underneath his team, his receivers get a lot of yak, 6.9 yak per completion. That's fourth highest in the league. Just use him as a, he's John Stockton out there, baby. Pure yeah. distributor of the basketball. Just let him back there. Fire the football from shotgun. Don't have him do these deep, complicated drops, Kyle. Don't have him try to use fucking play action. It's not going to work against the Eagles. You, the, the big, deep shot that you think you're going to dial up, I mean, may, maybe maybe Ayuk gets one, uh, but I highly doubt it. I think you're just setting him up for failure. Get rid of the ball quickly. Throw it underneath. And, and ironically, House, if the Eagles do win this game, Guess what? Uh, who they're going to be playing next? It's either Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Guess what those quarterbacks do? They right. fucking use shotgun, no play action, left and right. That seventy nine percent of Burrow's pass attempts are shotgun, no play action. Seventy one percent of Mahomes' uh, early down pass attempts are shotgun, no play action. They are throwing the ball without play action and from shotgun. They're going to be able to do that against this Eagles defense. This Niners offense not so much and so i'm worried about the deeper drops and, and and the play action it's just not going to work at all you want to get rid of the ball quickly you want to run the football uh i think you will have some success along the interior of the uh defensive line the philadelphia eagles great at the tackles to the edges but susceptible behind the guards niners that's a spot where they've been really good so between the tackles between those guards that's where you want to focus on running the football here to have the most success um, and then throw it to your running backs. Like if Christian McCaffrey is healthy, the Eagles, man, they struggle defending receiving backs. They allow, or sorry, they rank fifth worst in EPA per attempt against running back passes in the first three quarters of games. So that's how I really think that they should be attacking it from the Niners perspective on offense. And if I'm the Niners on defense, just to tie things together from that side of the ball, if if I'm D'Amico Ryan's, I am not blitzing because I told you how bad the uh, the 49ers were when they do blitz. I'm not blitzing. I'm playing a shitload of zone because uh, I'm not playing much man. I'm not blitzing. I'm playing a shitload of zone and I'm making Jalen Hurts find holes in the zone with perfection. I'm letting my natural pressure get to him. I'm making life hell on Hurts when he passes the ball because keep in mind, the Eagles are the fifth highest, most pass-heavy team in the NFL. So if 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 you want to try to sit there and run and run and run, go ahead and try. I've got the number one run defense. Uh, I haven't played a lot of good run offenses, but my run defense might slow you down a little bit. You're eventually going to get sick and tired of doing that and probably make a mistake throwing the ball into zone. So uh, I think that's how D'Amico should play this game, but it's going to be a great, this is another great game to try to figure out from a coaching perspective, so much of these decisions that these coaches make from a strategy and an adjustment perspective are going to change the outcome of this game. Well, that that to me, you you hit on something in in describing the pathway to success for San Francisco on offense that that resonated because it is the vulnerability of the Jonathan Gannon uh, approach to defense, which is the middle of the field between seven yards and eleven yards. And, you know, that that soft 
spot that's right right there in the middle. And the thing that you 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 mentioned to us that we've gotten to watch with our own two eyes, pretty awesome at that. And he's awesome at it with Kittle. And he's awesome at it with with you know uh, Debo, you know on on crossers or, or or and then awesome also you know running backs catching uh, near there that the line of scrimmage and then getting into that soft spot in the middle there and you, you will see the Eagles Twitter explode if if that portion of the field starts to get exploited and San Francisco moves the ball down the field in six to eight yard chunks right there in the middle of, of the field, the Philly, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles fans in my life have been complaining about this for, for two plus years now. So if, if that's the, the pathway for the San Francisco, if we're seeing them, you know, grabbing reasonable chunks, you know, down the field in the middle of the field like that, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out, you know, what, what, what my, my friends in, in, in green have to say about that on the Twitter machine. We would also be remiss if we didn't mention this at some point that the weather needs to be handicapped as well. Unfortunately, the weather looks like the mildest of rain. We're talking about like a light drizzle, potentially 50% chance of that occurring during the game. Uh, Eagles versus Niners in Philadelphia, nine mile per hour winds gusts upwards of 16 to 19 miles per hour. So I'm not worried about the winds. The rain it seems very light, shouldn't really play a role in this game, but you never know. Kyle might say, hey, we want to be a little bit more conservative with Purdy, or the Eagles might try to run the ball a little bit more, try not to lose the game early. Like I've, I have no idea how weather sometimes affects uh, coaching decisions. And in the other game with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, that kicks off later in the day, uh, it's going to be much colder there. It's going to be really mild in Philly, actually, which the Niners might like. But in Kansas City, it's going to be... 21 degrees feels like 10 degrees there should not be any type of precipitation at all gusts of 20 miles per hour winds of nine so it looks like uh two pretty decent football days as long as maybe we can get a little bit lucky and that that drizzle holds off for philly uh we're, we're looking pretty decent here and and hopefully we get a couple of clean games well we're not just looking for clean games. We're looking for winners, Sharpie. And you've given out some of your perspective, and I've shared my point of view on on uh, how I'm approaching this and, and some of the wages I've already gotten down. But we put out the call to the betting buddies, Sharpie, as is our way week to week. And last week, bud, I think we gave out some winners. I think I think some guys are collecting some merchandise from you and maybe – some surprise packages might show up on their doorstep. The Dallas Goddard uh, tight end. Snuck uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> 51 and a half. What did he have? Like 55, something like yeah, that? Yeah, but, but you, it, everybody and his brother was on that. I mean, you know, yes. every that, that was one of the I most, was as well. I realized how square, like the it, it, it hit our timeline and went bananas then. As as the weekend, uh, you know, went along, is like, oh my god, look at all everybody's on this on the, on that play. The other thing we liked was Kansas City minus five and a half. Uh, I, we shouted out that that betting buddy that came through. Now that was a little bit in doubt. Jacksonville was driving the ball, but they settled for a field goal. Ultimately, nice cash on on that one as well. Let's see if we can re- repeat. The the uh, undefeated performance this week in, in in championship weekend. Man, we had Chiefs. We were shouting it out on the podcast even before the betting buddy. Chiefs first half, Jags second half. I feel like now we've got the potential for Chiefs first half, Bengals second half in, in this one shaping up. Uh, if uh, if Patrick Mahomes ends up being a okay, but uh, yeah, let's look through these and see what we can come up with. We got a couple of different people. One I pulled out, Taylor Maj. Uh, there's, I thought there was one other one house that you might have seen. Uh, Bengals second half, second half money line. It's minus one oh two. You can bet them in the second half before the game starts. Now, naturally, you're probably more likely to have a better number in game if they're if if uh, if all goes well. But I think that um, that's an interesting one because we talked about Chiefs first half, Bengals second. Um, Miles Sanders. Longest rush under 12 and a half. Niners haven't given up anything over 10 yards this playoffs. That's from Casual Wren. Mm. 
Quez Watkins over receiving yards. He says, this is Beans. Waka, Faka, Fla, Waka Flocka Frank says, uh, Quez Watkins over receiving yards. He played minimal snaps last week because we could beat the Giants with slants. I love people who claim the team is theirs with the we, but do you do that with the C words? I don't know. Uh, God, no, absolutely okay. not. Okay. No, that, um, that's a they, that's them. <laughs> Uh, we'll have some deep shots versus the Niners coverage. He's the fastest receiver on the team. Here's another interesting one. I don't think you're going to like this one, but I do think that if you were to bet on the Chiefs, what do we talk about? The Chiefs need to get pressure on Joe Burrow. You have to try to disrupt him with the pressure, and you can parlay the Chiefs' money line with George Karloftis to record at least one sack. That's plus 390. Or you can get the Chiefs' money line with Frank Clark to record a sack, that's plus 250. So uh, a parlay with somebody to sack Joe Burrow and the Chiefs to win. So those were a few that I found. That was from Brett Walker, um, or Wacker, sorry, Brett. Uh, what, what, do you, what did you find that was intriguing? I do like, I do like those suggestions that, by, by Brett. If you're going to go with the Chiefs uh, on, on the money line, it needs to be with pressure on Burrow. Um, I'm looking at, but you like, don't, just, you can't, you can't pick that bet. Cause you like the Bengals. You like the yeah, Bengals money. I, line, I'm not so. picking that bet. I'm okay. just recognizing it for the thoughtfulness and it's creative. Yep. I totally agree with that. Okay. Uh, I really like, um, Pacheco. I really like the, the Pacheco props this week across the board. I like his receptions. I like his receiving yards. I, and, but I really like his rushing yards cause it's sitting there at 48 and a half. Uh, and the first guy to suggest that I saw was Brad Miller, uh, Miller at Miller, Brad 24. Uh, I don't think this is the, the former NBA player, Brad Miller. I wish it was, uh, cause I'd give him an extra <laughs> salute, but I really like this. I do think this is a way you mentioned. I love the construct that you sort of lined up for us, which is at, at, at the start of the game, uh, Mahomes is at a hundred percent. And then with the ankle, it, it diminishes over time. The best way to keep him as close to that 100% as possible is to use the Pacheco in the way that they did in the second half. I mean, you mentioned, and we watched it He had, Mahomes had a hard time even moving to get the ball into Pacheco's hands, but Pacheco really was up to it. He, he, he ran the ball fiercely, uh, and, and he's gone over this number a decent amount um, here down the stretch. 48 and a half feels light to me. Only laying minus 114. Good job by you, uh, Brad Miller. And the other one I like, uh, and this is a, a type of a hedge against my um, preferred outcome in that Eagles-San Francisco game. It's, it's a Kittle prop. We really have seen this synergy between Kittle and Purdy Kittle uh, has become Purdy's number one outlet uh, release valve, security blanket, whatever you want to call them. And especially that middle of the field thing that we just talked about. If, if, if we think that that's potentially soft in the Gannon defense, my guy, JP, J Petrie underscore Canada, love Canada, uh, Kittle over 46 and a half receiving yards. Um, I do, I do see like, you know, a bunch of these dink and dunk kind of things. It could be eight here. It could be 11 here. And then Kittle breaks one and then, and then we're at our number, right? We, he, he, he gets, he, somebody misses a tackle after a seven yard catch and, and the yak becomes, you know, a 21 yard, uh, run down the field. And then we, we get this 46 and a half. So th those are the two that I'm feeling Sharpie. You want to talk me out of either one? I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you to go with your gut on these two. Um, you produced good logic reasoning for them. And, um, let's, let's see what, let's see what happens. I could tell you that if the chiefs are trailing, uh, I don't know that Pacheco is going to get there and you really love the Cincinnati Bengals. So, um, that one could be tough from that respect. My only concern with Kittle is, is he kept in the block a little bit more? Are they running the football? How well does Purdy perform in general? But no doubt about it, I, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I agree with you that he is the security blanket for sure. And with him and the way that he's playing, I mean, the Eagles don't allow a lot down the field, but um, it, it, might, it might just be one that really gets you as far as you need to go with a few underneath and then boom, you're, you're there. So um, the three things we promise you, 
we 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 will shout you out and you can share it with your friends and family. So Brad Miller, Miller Brad 24, and JP, JP Tree underscore Canada. You two got the shout out. Second thing is you might find a little something something in your DMs uh, from somebody special and you want to go ahead and reply to that. And the third thing is if you win, I get in touch with producer Mike. I get your handles once again, and I get them over to my guys at Shark Football, and you get to pick out a shirt. So only if you win, I got to get the two guys' names from last week's pod who won, and I'm going to have my guys contact you tomorrow. So if you won on the show last week, you're going to get a DM from my guys tomorrow. Um, but if you, if if Brad Miller and JP, if you guys hit these, Kittle over 46 and a half, Pacheco over 48 and a half, then you're going to get something from us in one week from today, but that'll do it house. Great show. Really looking forward to watching these games on Sunday. And thank you guys for listening. The ringer gambling show will return on Tuesday with the East coast bias, recapping these games and previewing the super bowl and some NBA action. Thanks to Joe house for joining me and to Mike Wargon and Connor Nevins for producing the show. Good luck with all your bets this weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>